Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. This is the second in our mini-series with our friends at Strongpoint and delighted that Tim Wheeler is back to join us. Hi, Tim. Hi, Simon. Nice to talk to you again. And you, and you. So we kind of talked around e-fulfillment, automation, um, delved a bit deep into grocery, talked about all sorts of uh, AMRs, if I remember the terminology, and humanoids. Today, we're going to have a bit of chat and get a bit deeper into the last mile because I think there's lots of talk, isn't there, in this this area of um, of retail and, and distribution around how labour intensive it is. There's always an environmental angle, rightly so, on everything that happens as well. So for the for those that maybe aren't sure what the last mile means, do you want to give us a, a synopsis or, or Tim's view of the world? Yeah, it can do, and and I think it's it's fairly simple. When when uh, a person uh, makes an online order, uh, the product has to get to them, and it can get to them in a couple of different ways. It can be delivered to their doorstep uh, in their home, or they can go somewhere to pick it up. Uh, that's the last mile. Why is it the last mile? Well, um, fulfillment in e-commerce usually finishes at a storefront. Uh, if you've done picking uh, in store, it can finish at the front of a warehouse. Uh, if you do your e-commerce fulfillment in a warehouse, it can be either or. Uh, if you have a fulfillment network, um, but somehow that order has to get to where the customer is expecting to pick it up. So if if we're not walking in, as in going for a browse and paying through the till and walking out with it, it's when we've pre-purchased, somebody's picked it, got it, and then it has to get to us via DHL every whatever it might be at this moment in time. Correct. And I, and I think for the UK in particular, uh, that's a pretty good synopsis because the UK is very much uh, a home delivery market. Um, and when people think of uh, the last mile in the UK, home delivery is is where their mind will go. Um, but actually, if you look at other markets uh, around the world, and particularly uh, the, the home market of Strongpoint, our, our head office is in the Nordic region. Um, if you look at the last mile in the Nordic region, as an example, instead of being highly dominated by home delivery, it's actually got a very substantial uh, locker-based market. And, and what that means is instead of the product being delivered to each and every person's home, the products are delivered to uh, central points within the fulfillment network, lockers, lockers that uh, are able to keep the product at the right temperature, obviously the right safety, um, and that the consumer can come and pick up their order uh, from their preferred point when they want. And now, obviously, uh, as well as home delivery, as well as locker pickup, um, there's the traditional click and, click and collect. I, I buy something online and I go to the store itself um, in order to pick it up. And, and I think click and collect always exists. Um, it has positives for companies. It has negatives for companies. But that, that last mile is going to be a combination of store pickup, home delivery, and increasingly this sort of intermediate uh, locker pickup option and that's almost the let's meet you halfway kind of option see i like that and i suppose on the click and collect front we do lots of measurement on click and collect for organizations it's a real challenge for them because the, the times are really varied and it's inevitably a frustration for a customer if you've got to wait while somebody goes and finds a parcel or doesn't find a parcel inevitably um in some occasions that the stores just weren't laid out for the volume and breadth of product that they're now servicing. 
Right. And I, th- and I think any retailer supermarket hasn't got and probably wouldn't want to have to refit every store to carve off that space that's now needed. So it, it as you say, is a necessity and will always be there. But if you think of DIY stores, for example, they sell anything from tins of paint, screws and nails through to whole bathroom suites, right. sheds. So that slabs, that breadth is huge. So I think that's interesting. Lockers, I've seen lots and lots in the UK spring up at, service stations petrol stations supermarkets but more the other way of i'll go and drop my return off there or my ebay parcel rather than me going to the locker to collect my shopping to collect my whatever it might be does that make sense you're right it's a lot less prevalent um here in the uk than other countries And, and it's always um in a way it's confused me because when you hear retailers uh, in the Nordic region, for example, talk about their locker channel, they are absolutely glowing about this channel. Um, and you think it, it barely exists uh, in the UK uh, as an outward channel. I mean, the, you know, you see the odd Amazon locker around the place for sure, but you don't, people don't pick up their groceries um, at lockers so much in the UK. And it doesn't make sense when you think about it because the the retailers in the Nordic region they, they say the things that everyone knows, which is that lockers save an enormous amount of cost in the home delivery aspect. So instead of a retailer delivering to, you know, every single household uh, that's ordering a product, they're delivering only to certain chosen bulk uh, pickup points. So there's a huge saving in the, the van fleet uh, that you're using in the labour that you're using to drive to uh, people's homes. That's the part that everyone knows. Everyone knows uh, that there are huge cost savings if you can do something about home delivery. The piece uh, that I think not everyone knows and understands, unless you talk to one of these Nordic uh, retailers, is that there's a significant portion of the online customer base that prefers that. There's a presumption, I think, in the UK market that the consumer wants home delivery. It's the most convenient thing for the consumer. And I'm now convinced that that's actually a wrong assumption. And what the Nordic retailers will say is some people will prefer, you know, give me an hour window and I'll hang around the house and uh, the the van will come hopefully in that hour window, uh, you know, maybe a bit either side and I don't mind. But there's a significant number of customers who say, I, I don't want to have to sit in my house listening for the doorbell for even a one-hour time slot. I want to get my product exactly when I want to get my product. And actually, I'm um, a part of this market because when I uh, you know, buy uh, you know, a book or something from Amazon, let's say, I choose the locker option. And why do I do that? Because I control exactly when... I go and pick it up. I'll do it while I'm putting petrol in my car. So, uh, you know, it's not an extra trip. So it saves the consumer uh, time and money that otherwise would be spent waiting, uh, you know, waiting for the doorbell to ring inconveniently or travelling somewhere for a special trip. And I think this is the big news to the UK market. And I, I really think the UK market is ripe to change, to really add 
this locker channel in the coming two, three years. I think it's going to be a huge explosion because when the realisation comes that some of their consumer base, not all, I'm absolutely not claiming that all will, but a significant number of people currently ordering and getting delivered, delivered to their home will actually be happier to go to a locker pickup point. I think that's going to be one of those huge uh, UK light bulb markets and the UK retail market will really change because the carrot, the carrot of cost of doing home delivery is so big. It's such a huge cost that when people realise that you can actually uh, realise those huge cost benefits and your customers will be happier, it's it's the ultimate win-win. <laughs> and I haven't even begun to mention the environmental benefits. I mean, you know, fleets of of trucks and lorries and delivery vans driving around from house to house to house to house, uh, you know, the, the cost of that's huge, but the carbon footprint um, is huge. The fuel uh, spent on that is is huge. And if you can eliminate even a portion of that whilst making a portion of your customers happier, then I think retailers are really, really going to go crazy for this uh, this solution. I think it's going to be huge. Well, everyone's struggling and backtracking slightly on their 2020, 2030 net zero challenges, aren't they, including kind of the government and the like. So there's a, a huge cost. So I, I suppose my working assumption would have been that the, the organisations would just start to put the cost up of last mile and almost price, unfortunately, people out of the market as it got more expensive. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's one of these things where the, the carrot and stick um, debate is always there. And if, if you have to provide a stick uh, to encourage a certain behaviour, then you know maybe you have to. But if you can do it with the carrot, and the carrot is convenience, so if you can say there's a more convenient way for you, the customer, you know, when you're on your school run, drop in at the locker on the way, pick up the kids, go home, you have total control over when uh, you pick up your online order. As I say, it's not adding a trip. It's not adding um, any cost. So you get convenience um, and, uh, you know, the flexibility to do things when you want um, at the same time as being beneficial for the environment. Because it, it's really hard to stress. You, you mentioned the um, you know, net zero goals and the environmental uh, aims that companies have. I think this is also um, a huge opportunity for them because most companies are thinking, well, if I convert my fleet to electric vehicles, um, I'll make some big uh, inroads on the environmental front. And, and they're right, certainly. But it's not solving all of the problem. So I, I read somewhere that um, the carbon footprint of an electric vehicle is around about a third of what a petrol or diesel vehicle will be. So it's not zero because it's electric. It certainly uh, helps to solve the problem, but it, but it doesn't remove the problem. Removing the special trip to that house to deliver those groceries, that takes away 100% of the carbon footprint. Yeah, and I think there's, there's still yeah, there's still that debate, isn't there, as well, of the end-to-end production of an electric car. Is it as environmentally friendly as is being suggested with the creation of the battery? There's still a massive unknown in the disposal of the battery. So, that, so yeah, you're right. We have, we have, people have to be careful on just switching to electric fleet is, is the panacea, and clearly that's a significant cost as well. Yeah. Um, so I suppose I've rationalised it in my mind as you've been speaking as on demand. So I, if I want to watch a film 
at home. I can put Netflix on and I can watch it when I want to watch it. I can pause it. I can watch it over three nights, one night. I can rewatch it. Really, what what we're almost getting to here is, and let's use grocery as the example, shopping on demand. So as a retailer, I know that in between X windows, you're going to collect it, which I think is really, really helpful for a retailer because back to probably our old world, Tim, if you've got known demand that's planable, that's far easier to staff, resource, and carry out the activity at given times than unknown demand, which is me walking in if I feel like it this afternoon, if I feel like it tomorrow to to browse the shop. So I think there's a whole bunch of, you know, environmental stuff on demand, you know, in in my time windows at my preference, but also clearly there's a cost benefit at the retail side, but also from a planning of workload point of view, yeah. it should become far more known. So fit, well, fixed is probably the wrong word, far more known rather than variable. And variable is is the bit which absolutely screws all your schedules because do you know if a coach load of people are going to turn up and buy a sandwich it's going to throw it down no one's going to come in right right and 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 you're right that there's um there's knowing the demand there's also influencing the demand so you you may be able to give incentives towards certain uh you know certain time slots uh certain geographical locations um so it's an interactive thing you can you can also influence um, the, the demand, but certainly knowing um, what it can be. But I, but I think, I think just having multiple channels uh, available to customers um, is going to be the most important thing because the the, the cost saving elements they're they're really exciting and they're particularly if you can get um, home delivery moving to other channels, the cost savings are absolutely huge. But I think the the, the customer focused positives. Uh, even more exciting in a way. So if you can say to your customer base, instead of two options, you know, home delivery, and there'll be options within that, you know, fast delivery, slower delivery, you know, choose your urgency type stuff, um, options for sure. But but broadly speaking, that's home delivery or click and collect, you know, you come come to us and, and pick up your stuff. As well as that, there are other channels available for your convenience, and like I say, some portion of the market is going to going to really like this, and it's not necessarily just lockers. I think they're a really important addition um, that will come in the UK. But in some market markets, there are things like drive through collection points, where you know you go into a, a space and a system will read your license plate and know that you've just arrived. And so by the time you get to the um, pickup point, your order's there waiting for you. Throw it straight into the boot, um, off you go. You know, that's a channel that's barely uh, existing uh, in the UK. Maybe that's something um, that's interesting. There are also things like temporary uh, channels. I, I find this um, really interesting. You know, the locker example that I gave, the, the sort of mass collection point, um, historically that's been a fixed thing. You know, we put a bank of, uh, you know, red lockers somewhere in a car park and everyone knows it's there and that's where it is and that's where it stays. But actually, Strongpoint has uh, mobile lockers as well, where you might think um, there's a festival coming up. You know, why, why don't we um, put a temporary collection point at a comedy festival for a couple of weeks? You know, people are there. People are going to want product. Why not make it convenient? 
Why not make it a good branding exercise? You know, let's show uh, the attendees to some event um, that there's a channel here where you can really conveniently uh, get the products that you need. Um, so, you know, mobile lockers temporarily, it could be with, with sporting events. It could be, again, in the Nordics, one thing's quite common, there'll be a uh, a skiing season, let's say. So let's have the collection points um, in the places where everyone goes for their skiing trips. And then when it's the summer and those places are not frequented, no need for it to be there. Um, so you can have temporary channels um, for different reasons. And I think this, um, you know, ultimately these options are addressing cost and the environmental issues that tend to go along with cost as well. But they're also giving positive new options for customers to make customers happy and ultimately be more loyal to your brand and, and probably even buy more frequently or buy larger when they do buy. And there must be opportunities as well in places like you know, inner city hotels where you've got food being delivered that could be stored in there and you almost become endless in terms of the things that you can think, you know, ordering parts for something that for a, a car dealership if you were just picking up bits you know halford's probably a great example where just i just want a, a bulb for my car and there's there becomes endless when you start to put your mind to it it, it really does and uh, you know in, in that example uh, the, the halford's example you know, you know maybe um i was busy all day doing work or something and by the time i'd like to pick it up the store's closed you know what a pity well if it's a locker uh, you punch in your code, you uh, you pick up the product. You know, you're not encumbered um, by sort of operational matters like when's a store open. Um, so there, there are many, many reasons um, why th- this channel in particular, the locker channel, um, is something that delivers both convenience and cost reductions. And as I say, I, when I look at the, the UK retail fulfilment market, I think the locker channel is the thing that really is going to transform um, this market in the next few years. And it's not, this isn't a, you know, theoretically, I think this could be a big thing because there's a, you know, such a strong cost-saving case. Um, It's not theoretical at all. You can point to markets that have done this right, where it's a very significant part of their uh, online structure um, and where the business case and the positive customer uh, feelings towards it are very well known and very well documented. Brilliant. So on the last episode, we talked around kind of the automation piece, uh, AMRs, some of the humanoids. Clearly, this one we've talked about, last mile and lockers. If people want to find out more, Tim, take you up on some of those kind of other countries are doing this, teach me, show me, where's the best place for them to get in touch? Uh, I can be emailed at tim.wheeler at strongpoint.com. Uh, you can probably find me on LinkedIn, although there's probably many uh, Tim Wheelers, but uh, Tim Wheeler, Strongpoint, uh, LinkedIn's a good place to go. Um, and, of course, the Strongpoint uh, website, uh, ultimately, you'll get to me as well. Brilliant. So we'll, we'll link your name on the show notes to your LinkedIn profile so we don't find a different tim wheeler because that would be awkward for him i'm sure um and we'll we'll also put a link to the website so people can click straight through to reach out if they've got any more questions great stuff thanks simon thanks for having me again brilliant now always a pleasure to catch up tim look after yourself and we'll speak soon thanks mate bye-bye